What's up? What's up? Incredible, loved, and valued people. I am so grateful for your life. I'm so grateful that you're here. I am Emma Mae McDaniel, and you are on the Have You Heard podcast. Friends, this is actually part two of a continuation of our last conversation last week. So be sure and go check out last week's conversation as it will ebb and flow right into this one. Mm -hmm. But we are continuing our incredible talk with my Uncle Josh and my husband Josh. So it's going to be a good time. Friends, grab your headphones and let's get into the word. <laughs> Yay. Fun. I guess Guys. we don't have to talk about what made us smile today because it'd be the same, the same thing day. as last episode. So if you want to know what made us smile today, go listen to the last episode. There is Thank an you. update. The lights in the car are now turned off. The lights they are in the now, car now turned off. off. <laughs> and if you Battery don't get is that, safe. If you don't get that, then uh, you gotta go listen to the last episode. Yeah, <laughs> that's, <right. laughs> that's so, awesome. So we are we are talking about pornography. I believe we're talking about a lot more like foundational. Um, just I guess not specifically the topic of pornography in our first conversation. We're really talking about the heart of it. But today in our conversation, we're talking about how pornography not only impacts you, but it also impacts your relationships and specifically marriage. But before we go into the topic of marriage itself, I actually get quite a few DMs, questions regarding dating and pornography. And so, Uncle Josh, I would love to start off our time together to ask you what advice would you give to the person who has said typically i have the girlfriend coming to me it's not typically the guy the girlfriend coming and saying hey you can come to me you can come to me on instagram but yeah saying hey so my boyfriend has just approached me saying that he's addicted to to pornography what do i do what does our next step look like what would you say to her well so step one um, I would I would let her know that the fact that he told her that is huge mm. um, because that's not something that people just kind of drop uh, easily. That is a very vulnerable statement. Um, so a a really cool thing about that is there's at least you are with someone that is desiring to be completely open, honest, transparent, and vulnerable in their relationship uh, with them. And so that, that, that's significant. And so I, don't, I, I think it would be doing a disservice to him if we skipped over that yeah, piece. Absolutely. Um, so being able to recognize that. However, with that said... Uh, it's important um, for her to be able to take that into account because this is something that is a, a struggle um, that he's going to continue to battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's not something that's so easily won. I mean, uh, otherwise we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation today <laughs> if it was just, right. you know, uh, one of those things that you can easily get over. Yeah. Here are these three things you do and you're done. Um, and, and so it is a significant uh consideration that they're going to have to really look at whenever uh, choosing someone that they they want to be with i will say this like whenever we look at dating relationships specifically um, a lot of times um, the young lady is like what i do with this 
what do I do with this information? You know, do I, you know, how do I support him? How do I encourage him? Like, you know, what if he, you know, tells me like he's still struggling with it? Like, do I bring it up? Hey, how are you doing with that? Like, what, what do I do with this information? Uh, and I think that needs to be a conversation between the two of them. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's important to be able to know what those expectations are. This is true of anything in a dating relationship. Yeah. Right. But particularly when we're talking about, okay, if we're living a life for Christ and we're struggling with sin, it's like, okay, significant other, how are we going to deal with sin? What yeah. is our, what are we going to do? Like, what's our yeah. roles in that? How can we support each other? How can we love each other in that? Um, you know, how can we do that in a way that's not putting so much responsibility on us where we feel like we're failing each other? Because those expectations uh, is where a lot of uh, stress and anxiety and worry comes in that relationship, specifically from um, the young ladies, um, yeah. because they're going to be naturally worried uh, more often uh, than guys are. And that's yeah. just the way it is, mm -hmm. unfortunately, for you guys. However, uh, it's important to be able to, to see that and being able to see that you can prepare for it and have that conversation about what those expectations should be. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's good because in, in our last episode, we talk about like having accountability. In our last episode, we talked about, all right, how do we, let's go to the heart with this. And so if a guy kind of brings this up and you're in a dating relationship, first of all, you're not married. So if this is something that like, okay, you guys need to step away, that's okay. That's fine. Like that is actually a healthy thing to do. But I think one, I don't, a, a girlfriend should not be the accountability partner for yeah. the boyfriend. Like, if if you're struggling, and, and and boyfriend to girlfriend, same thing. If a girlfriend's struggling with pornography, the boyfriend should not be your accountability partner. That just, it's no. not helpful. It's not, it's not their position. Someone wiser, more mature, I highly suggest going to the church, <laughs> getting people there, finding a counselor, getting people to walk alongside you in that way. That is what their role is. That's one, is they're not your accountability partner. And at the same time as what we talked about, like, you know, pornography, whenever we get to it and we're wanting to get over it, we're actually wanting to change our heart. We have that mentality that, hey, I'm wanting to stop this. I want to change my heart. And I'm in the process journey because that is a long journey. It's a hard journey, but in it, it's the word itself. It's a journey. It's not a one day yeah. fix. So mm -hmm. you can walk along that journey as they are walking because pornography, as much as a sin, as lying, as as alcohol, or not alcohol is not a sin, but like being addicted to alcohol and all this different stuff, um, and walking alongside them in that. Um, but if they don't have that mentality, I think that's just a that's a heart issue that they need to go and figure out with the Lord. Well, so to kind of speak into that real quick. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's important for us to distinguish that um, not only in um, dating relationships, but uh, in marriages as well. Uh, the the spouse or the partner should not be the one that is I call it policing mm -hmm. or the accountability uh, partner. That 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 needs to be someone else. 
It needs to be someone else. It needs to be someone else. It needs to be someone else. Like if you don't get anything else from this, like please get that. Uh, and, and the reason why that is is it puts you in a position where you're always asking that question. Uh, and so either here's the only two scenarios that can come from that either nothing has happened and it's already just put yourself in a one up position above your, your partner, um, which is difficult, especially let's say you're struggling with something like, like that, that one up position immediately makes it awkward. Uh, and and so it's really challenging. Uh, the other thing is, it's like, being able to, whenever you do that, you remove the ability for your partner to be able to come alongside you, to love you, to support you, for you guys to grow in your relationship in other ways. Um, and, and so it's significant. Mm-hmm. The biggest pushback I get from people on this is like, yeah, but what about transparency? I'm not saying not to be transparent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so let's let's not get that confused. You know, you, you be transparent, but that active accountability the active question asking the active hey how you doing hey what are you doing you know the uh the person that is on your covenant eyes that gets your screenshots Mm -hmm. every day does not need to be that person um because like you think about it this way it's like you know and, and covenant eyes will take what you know 10 13 15 pictures any given day of screenshots and a lot of that's you know ads or whatever if your partner is in there going through that and looking and making sure looking and making sure looking okay there's nothing there you know what is that you know and what does that do to the mindset mm-hmm. of that person whenever it's like hey you want some coffee it's like hold on a second i'm going through the 14th screenshot and making sure you didn't screw it mm-hmm. up you know it's like it, it yeah. immediately puts it in a place that that could definitely be experienced in a negative connotation and so mm-hmm. that's that's important Here's the other thing that I want to make sure to stress. Um, And and this is what I have found, especially um, girls in dating relationships. Um, They struggle with kind of their own body image already. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so they they automatically will see them as like needing to kind of try to support them in some way and feeling like they're causing their own morality is causing this issue and they start to feel guilt for that and that it's not you know you want to be able to distinguish and have that difference of understanding of a struggle that your boyfriend or girlfriend is going through versus the the moral decisions that you've made um, mm. what I, I tell a, a lot, it's usually women, um, because they, they're, it's usually the husbands who are struggling with it. At least this is how it's, it's, it's statistically uh, speaking, to me. That's, that's statistically, the, it does yeah, happen it, the other way though. Yeah, it does. But I will say just in my own conversations, um, mm-hmm. whenever I'm, I'm talking with the young ladies, with the wives, uh, that conversation is like, this is not about you. And what you aren't, or who you're not, or what your body is or isn't, this has nothing to do with that. Uh, And and I I cannot stress that enough, uh, because that's immediately, especially uh, for my young ladies, that's where they go to in that comparison. And it's so... 
it's so frustrating because pornography is so destructive within a mm-hmm. relationship because of the divide that it puts between uh, those the two people uh, in that mm-hmm. way. And so, like, I wanted to make sure that we we stress that side of things. Yeah, yeah, um, I love that you're going there because I was I was wanting to go there as well. I yeah. remember me and Josh were probably three months into dating, and one mm-hmm. of the things that I valued so much was that Josh sat down with me and he was like, "Hey." Just to be totally transparent, this is where I'm coming from. This is a part of my story. I'm walking in freedom now, mm-hmm. but I need to be with someone who's who's at peace with the fact that that's a part of my story. I need to be with somebody who is able to forgive mm-hmm. me that that was a part of my story and mm-hmm. is willing to move forward with me. And yeah. while I'm so grateful, one, for, like you were saying, his honesty, his openness, I was also so grateful that not by his willpower, but by his denial of self and by his surrendering to the Spirit, he was walking in freedom from it. But even in that, I remember mm-hmm. having very honest conversations in response to Josh saying, like, do you ever, I'm just being really honest here, but do you ever compare me to what you've seen and I mean we remained pure so I'm not saying like physically but I would just think like future sense like Josh I'm scared of whenever we get married and we do have sex on our wedding night like Mm -hmm. I have in my own insecurities felt like oh no are you going to see me as beautiful are you going to be comparing me to images that you've seen Mm -hmm. and that was coming from a place of like we were walking in purity we were walking in freedom we both love the Lord and so I want to say that to let you know you're not crazy for having those insecurities. You're not mm-hmm. crazy for having those fears or those thoughts. Um, and I would love, Josh, for you, I feel like you touched on it really beautifully, but I would love for you to encourage um, either the girlfriend who's having those fears or the wife who mm-hmm. has had her husband approach her and say, hey, I screwed up. And actually, before even we get into that, because I think that's one thing, it's usually either the wife caught the husband or the husband is bold enough to bring that to the wife. And I've walked alongside just a handful of people, and that's the first thing that comes out of the wife's mouth, is that this has everything to do with me. Like, it's I'm not pretty enough. I'm not worthy enough. It's a comparison. Um, it's a comparison game. So, yes, I, I 100% agree. But to the husband that's listening, like, good job on your boldness to bring it up. And to the yeah. wife that's listening, you're not alone in thinking, I'm not pretty. I'm not yeah. I'm not enough. This is all about me. And in reality, if you listen to the last podcast, it has everything to do with the selfishness of the husband and his own wants and desires, not you. But sorry, I just had to say that yeah. to the people listening. I, w- I would love to hear what you think on this, Josh. Yeah. So like, and I would say that is definitely part of it, but there's yet a, even even more. There's another mm-hmm. side to this. So it's like... um for the relationships that aren't going well. Um, Usually in that, uh, whenever those conversations aren't happening, when the intimacy isn't strong, um, sex is one of the first things to go. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, uh, I can't even remember, um, I don't want to throw out useless statistics, um, (laughs) but I did have it uh, come across uh, my desk last week that was was roughly... 30 to 35 percent of marriages are completely sexless um, wow. which was a 
crazy stat. So like definitely check on the validity of that. But I was just kind of like wrestling with that that stat, and it was like that's so hard um, whenever you really look at it because you're missing on a huge piece of the intimacy. Now, that is the physical act of complete transparency and disclosure, right? Mm-hmm. To to be disrobed in front of your partner is uh, a disrobing of information, a disrobing of that spiritual, mental, emotional, uh, along with the physical. It's kind of that representation of that. Um, and so like whenever you see that within uh, a husband where pornography is there we can't not talk about those marriages where that is happening Um, and and because a lot of times what will come out is like well sometimes the husband is like well what am I supposed to do this Mm -hmm. has been cut off and I found myself in this place and, and there's a huge amount of resentment there because now the wife feels like oh so it's my fault Mm -hmm. um and what i always tell couples in that situation is like yes but it's his fault too it's this is you guys Mm -hmm. it's important for especially within a marriage relationship for us to be able to acknowledge okay uh, where do i need to take responsibility in this um and and this is any argument um, where it blows up, I always tell people it's like it's not because one person did it wrong. It may yeah. have started that way, but if the other person responds poorly, yeah. then we have a full blown argument. Like at any given moment, one person could rarely work to redirect it in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. And so you want to to really do the mirror work and identify and look at like what's going on here. And so just because the woman has pulled away and is not having sex with the husband does not in any way justify his actions in pornography mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. It makes it makes sense. Does not justify it. Those are two completely different things. Mm-hmm. Two completely different. Oh, I different love things. that you said that cuz that's so true. Well, see, and the other piece is too is like and here's what we need to understand about pornography. Pornography changes those parts of the brain and all of a sudden whenever a man is continually looking at pornography it changes how you interact with your wife how you interact with your girlfriend how you interact with your partner it's like in such a way that it's like okay they're pulling away because this is different i don't know what this is yeah um and and so being able to recognize okay it might have been the pornography that led to the lack of sex which led to more pornography which you know there's it it gets really confusing fast and it's very difficult whenever we start to point the finger i always tell people like pause put your fingers Mm -hmm. down let's pull the mirrors out it's important for us to be able to really look at and identify kind of where we are at in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that comparison is, is a, a difficult game because uh, for a lot of women, that's already a battle. It's mm-hmm. already a battle that they're waging in their comparison to uh, other girls online with every filter known to man. I mean, heck, we have AI-generated girls now that are, are that you have to compete with. It's like, crazy. Good luck. Good yeah. luck. Like, it's just, it's not, it's one of those things that, that is, it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it's not even healthy to engage in that. It's but, exhausting. But try 
It is. It's definitely exhausting. But I mean, try to tell that to, you know, a 15 year old girl who is struggling with her own image already. And that's what's being thrown in her face continually. It's it's so awful. And this is why I always tell people, um, especially young guys, Mm -hmm. like you have the opportunity to be able to allow this young daughter of God to experience a relationship where she's not being compared in that way Mm -hmm. for once for once in a moment in that day that she could actually enjoy being in a relationship with someone because of what she brings to the table her Mm -hmm. sense of humor her beauty Mm -hmm. but it's hers Mm -hmm. and the beauty of that and that experience is it's real it's organic it's natural it's uh, something that is actually uh, right in front of us and that's what pornography steals that's what it takes away yeah i i think i love because i think a part of my journey dealing with pornography before em and i were together i got i've got to the point before i knew emma i got to the point that i was like man I have to have this self-control in me. Like, that's a fruit of the spirit, as we talked about last. That, like, that's a, that's a part of me that I have to have the self-control so that I don't sit across the table from my kids and say, you know, dad couldn't get it, get his stuff together. So, we're, like, we're, we're splitting up. And I'm the reason for behind that. And I think being able to come and submit that, and be like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna step up. I'm gonna kind of come this. I'm gonna change my heart. I'm gonna have supportive people around me and really deal with it in my heart. I think that's the be- most beautiful thing because that's where the problem is, and that's where the that's where you can fix it. It's not yep. fixing. You know, I need to go. Okay, well, he's watching pornography, so I need to go be prettier than than those girls. Or I need to go yep. perform like those girls do. So I need to go watch it so I know how to do it or whatever. Like the, It's completely a made-up world of pornography. Mm-hmm. Like you were just saying, the AI, all that different stuff. Like, yes, it is a completely fantasy of a world that does not exist except in your mind, which mm-hmm. does not exist. Like, and so how can we truly come alongside and love the person in that, in that really hard state and for them yep. to... Uh, to love and be a gracious place for a husband to come and either submit, like be like, Hey, I'm struggling with this. I'm going to be honest with you. This is something I need help in this being, being as a wife. I know that would be huge to have that grace place of being able to fall and being like, okay, let's do this as a team because I made a promise to you that we're not like at the, at the altar. I said for better or for worse. Now this is a pretty worse part of the better and I'm going to get through this with you because I promise you that it is. That I, I've, what's coming to my mind so much, because we're talking about dating relationships, we're talking about the reality of just being a girl and easily comparing. Yeah. And yeah, and I was mm-hmm. also going to say, and we're talking mm-hmm. about marriage. And in all of it, I see so heavily Ephesians 6. Mm, that yeah. our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it is against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, that we have a real enemy who hates our guts. We have a real enemy mm. whose native language is lies. His mm. native language is deception. And so I'm just so encouraged in this conversation. And I hope whether you're 15 in high school or you're in college or you're a mom and a wife, Put on the full armor of God and realize that your battle is not against 
the girl you're comparing yourself to, your battle is not against your husband. Your battle Mm -hmm. is against a real enemy who doesn't want you to walk in the freedom that truth brings. And also going back to what you were saying, Josh, about marriage and how we can so easily point fingers. And while there is a reality of like, yes, they did something wrong in in acknowledging that we can forget to search my own heart, Mm -hmm. God, is there anything in me that you're wanting to sanctify me in? And I just thought about Adam and Eve in the garden where God is approaching them after they've noticed they're naked and they're hiding from the Lord. And Mm -hmm. Adam's first response is, well, she, she took of it first. And then Eve's first response is, but, but the enemy, he deceived me. And there was a total lack of like, yeah, all of those things were true. but there was a lack of ownership. So I just, I'm really grateful you brought that up because I don't think that's a new tactic we humans have Mm -hmm. pointing blame. Definitely not. Well, and, and to, to speak into that a little bit, uh, the importance of the understanding of ownership of Mm -hmm. what you're taking ownership for. Um, the, the reason why I encourage, um, Emma, the, the women, the girls, to be able to look within themselves and identify like and do that mirror work is not because there's something that they did in causing their, their husbands or their, their partners or their boyfriends or whatever to, to struggle in that way. It's because whenever you engage in that and you're looking within, and you're looking at really working to strengthen your own life, strengthen your own heart, and being able to strengthen your own relationship with the Lord, guess what happens by proxy? You're mm. encouraging the person that you're with, and yep. you're creating an environment Ooh, in that. which is inviting them to do so. And so I'm not saying you need to do this because there's something you did that was wrong. It's mm. This is what we had talked about from the very get-go. We talked about first order and second order. Um, and Josh, you had mentioned how it's very, very important that the the girlfriend or wife or whomever does not take on that role of accountability. Right, mm-hmm. and we talked about how the role of accountability is very much a first order uh, solution. Right, yeah. it's important, but that first order solution needs to be some part of our community. Uh, for me, it was my my buds, my friends that that I was in high school with, my 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 crew that was going to keep me accountable. Um, it was we weren't afraid to ask each other anything, and uh, it was huge that I had that. But they were in charge of the first order. The second order is something that happens within that, that significant relationship. It's like, as I'm growing in my relationship with the Lord, I'm encouraging my wife to grow in her relationship with the Lord. As I see her continue to work towards in growing in her relationship with the Lord, guess what happens? Same with me. And so the, the beauty of that, that mm-hmm. speaks to the second order, to the heart change that is so important if you're going to work to overcome and defeat pornography mm-hmm. and so while i i tell you know the girlfriend or, or the the wives that you know this is not something that you take an active role in as far as the accountability that doesn't mean that you're without power in this and the beauty of it is is that it's not by you trying to change him it's actually just you 
looking within yourself and growing mm-hmm. stronger than you even are. Yeah. Uh, you know, now and it's growing in your own relationship with the Lord. Like what that does is invite that into that relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's key. That's an important aspect of that. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think one thing I think as an encouragement to people who especially the well, this would definitely just be the married couple who struggling with with someone struggling with pornography, don't be afraid to go and have counseling. Have a marriage yeah. counseling. We literally have a marriage family counselor on here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's yeah. perfect because I think having the conversation just YouTube is healthy. But mm-hmm. to have that person in there to ask right questions and to see, okay, wait, you're you're interrupting here or you're trying to kind of poke and it's going off trail, you're going down rabbit holes. To have someone to really work that out between the two of you is not rock bottom. It's not the end of the road. It's right. it's counseling or divorce. It's it's not that. Like counseling is a beautiful thing. I think I mean Emma and I have talked about it. That I we love want to counseling. <laughs> seriously. Like we want to do counseling at least once a year for the rest of our marriage because it's a great just a checkup. It's a great yep. like let's talk through things with a kind of a person between us, a mediator almost, that's like, hey, let's talk through these things. Let's get the right questions being asked because maybe there's some root stuff and deep down inside me that I'm actually not saying, that I'm afraid to say. And I don't even know that I'm afraid to say it, but I'm afraid to say it. Um, So definitely I think that's just in this whole conversation, just a one thing. Don't be afraid of counseling. It's a friend. It's not a foe. Well, because there's so much to consider when, especially when you're looking at pornography, it's like to consider what is pornography doing? Like what, what's its role here? What, you know, what, uh, how am I going to confront this if I don't even know what this is? Mm-hmm. It could be a coping mechanism. It could be a mm-hmm. pornography addiction. It could be a full-blown sex addiction, uh, addiction that's playing out in pornography. Mm-hmm. All of those are, are possibilities, but mm-hmm. like whenever you're so close to a situation, the idea that you're going to figure that out is is difficult to even consider. You yeah. know? And so it, it's very important that you have someone uh, to, to help play that out. The other thing I love about counseling is uh, um, whenever I have two people in the room and they're, they're letting me know what's going on, and now I'll ask a question, and the other one just kind of looks at the other one and is like... I knew it. Like, this is what I've been saying the whole time. And it was just, it, it validates their question. And the other person's like, <sighs> and they receive it in a different way because here's a professional that's asking the exact same question. Maybe my husband has a valid reason to ask that question. Mm-hmm. Or maybe my wife has a valid reason to ask that question, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so being able to have that third person and, and we've all done, like I, we were talking about yeah. it a little bit before, you know, I've told my son something over and over and over and over again. And then he goes and hears it from, you know, uh, the youth director. And it says like, Oh, you'll never believe what the youth director said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you know what? I'm telling you that for years. I'm glad you got it. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And it's it's being able to have that other person, that mentor in your life, that friend in your life, that counselor in your life, that pastor Mm -hmm. in your life that's going to be able to speak into your your life in such a way because they're seeing it from that uh, outside the system 
yeah. uh, so to speak, is what we call it, uh, yeah. to be able to really kind of kind of point to that and ask the questions that that need to be asked. That sometimes we're too close to be able to see. Absolutely, and I think just to add in for with we have we've partnered up with Faithful Counseling for two three years now since since we started the podcast we since wanted COVID. since COVID we wanted Faithful Counseling to be a part of this this podcast so we have always had a link on the bottom of our podcast in our bio for people and it's an online counseling program Christian counseling program mm-hmm. that anybody can can use and so I will be honest with you we get a kickback we get a little paid from when if you use our link you don't have to use our link. You can go and get faithful counseling online. You get, I think you get like the first month free or something like that, but that's neither here nor there. We do that because counseling is so beautiful and we want y'all to have an availability of coming and finding help. Even if you're in a place that you're like, you know, I've been burned by the church or I've been like my youth pastor or whatever this, like, or I don't have a family or I just moved to college and I know nobody like I'm not about to go and tell so-and-so stranger about this. Like, this is actually a place I can travel with you, that can go with you, um, and it's a great organization that is that is Christ-centered. Um, so just want to put that in there um, as we kind of wrap up this conversation. Yeah, and I think, too, as we, as we close, I'm so grateful because something that I feel like was just threaded throughout this entire conversation, part one and part two, and I hope you as a listener are hearing it, is that there is hope. Mm -hmm. And I really think the enemy works in cyclical ways where he would love for you to believe that because you've given into the temptation, there's no hope for you to ever get out of it. Mm -hmm. So why even try to stop? Mm -hmm. And I want to tell you, I beg to differ in the name of Jesus Christ because he is a God of redemption he is a god who makes all things new he is a god of turning what seems impossible and makes it possible he is a god of hope he is a god who says anyone who comes to him the oldest passed away and the new is here that's who our god is and so if that is something you've been believing that there's no hope then you haven't been listening to the god of truth you've been listening to the father of lies and so i also pray you take that away from this conversation that like don't go away from here saying, yeah, that was really great, but that's mm-hmm. not for me because you don't know my story, how cyclical it's been. Actually, this is exactly for you because God does incredible work no matter who you are. Join the club. Mm-hmm. I may My story may not be of pornography, but God has brought me out of cyclical patterns of shame mm-hmm. and guilt and fear. It may look different, but it's the same mm-hmm. God who brought me freedom. and He's the same God who can bring you freedom too. So mm-hmm. we love you, and I hope you take that away. Something else I would like to yeah, add to last piece of uh, advice just right as here. the <laughs> yeah some some resources um, mm-hmm. that are out there uh, for the wives uh, who have um, oh, yeah. husbands that are addicted to pornography. There is a um, a helpful book uh, and it has a workbook that you can actually go through. It's called uh, "When Your Husband uh, Is Addicted to Pornography: uh, Healing Your Wounded Heart." Um, Vicky. Uh, Tide, I believe is how you say her last name, T-I-E-D-E, is the author. You can find it on Amazon. Um, our counseling center, Tasso Counseling here in Stanton, Virginia, we did a group 
uh, with this this book and had uh, uh, wives in a group that did like a, a six week series and oh, wow. uh, really delving into this and uh, I would I definitely suggest that you know for for any wives out there that know of other wives you know maybe take this material and really work through it there's a lot of other material out there uh, that's useful um, the conquer series uh yeah. men for you guys um that are struggling in that the conquer series is absolutely incredible and just mm-hmm. a great source of information i've been using their stuff uh for for a while uh, some of the stuff that i used before i even knew who they were was their stuff and i didn't know it um <laughs> and we have we have a, a a pastor that leads a group at the church here that i go to uh with the conquer series and they lead a group of men all the time um hmm. and so it's there are some resources out there right now that are just really really good really helpful those are, hmm. are two uh, that I can offer that I would uh, highly suggest you guys checking out if it applies. So, I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I <laughs> love this conversation so much. And to you who are listening, I hope you know how much you are loved. You are on purpose. And you have such significance. I hope you know that. I hope that you have an incredible rest of your week. And again, if you have only listened to part two of this conversation, you should totally go back and listen to part one because they <laughs> go together in such a really cool way. But I love y'all and I cannot wait to talk to y'all next week. Bye, guys. <laughs>